BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. In Wisconsin, a fight with a father and son leads to murder over... 25 cents. A beauty queen is accused of conspiring in the murder of her football star husband, and the charges are in for Alabama fraudster Carly Russell. These stories and more are coming at you today, Wednesday, August 2nd, on Real Life Real Crime Daily. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Hey, guys. What's hey, up? Hey. What's up? Hump what day. Is hump happening. Day. It is another hump day where I will go humpless, but we're not going <laughs> to talk about that. I did end up getting in a little bit of trouble about that Monday episode. Yeah, I've told you we're going to be in the doghouse for that. I mean, it was good to see Miss Jerry at KJ's show. Yeah, it really was. Thank you. She enjoyed being with all you guys. I just She I, looked like she had love in her eyes, Mike. Right? So she, she was, was looking at for, you up there. For staring. one of you guys? <laughs> <laughs> it was for Kelly. It might have been for Kelly. I don't know. But, uh, you continue after, to dig yourself after, in a hole, bro. After hearing Monday's... Well, I'm such I'm an sure idiot she, because... I'm sure she's used to putting up with your shit. I'm such an idiot because I had a reminder on my phone to tell her there was a bad dog story in the Monday episode (laughs) and not to listen. And I forgot all about it. And she listened. And yes, it's uh, another humpless hump day. Um, (laughs) I did, uh, if you don't mind, wanted to mention real quick that my baby doggy that I lost a few months back, Deuce, would have turned 16 yesterday. And Uh. um thinking about him today and uh, everything happens for a reason and uh, the opportunity to get a puppy and its mother of the same breed, Brussels Griffon, just oh. fell in our lap over uh, the weekend. And so I'm going to be cleaning pee off the floor again for the first time it's in just... a while. But um, also, I wish that uh, at the point that we lost Deuce that I knew about our friends up in Broussard at uh, Louisiana Funeral Services and Pet Crematory, because if I did, I would have had them do uh, the cremation for uh, Deuce and, and uh, you know, what I ended up getting back from the people I, I did it with cost twice what it cost through them and also, I'm not as thrilled with the urn as the selection they have. So don't forget, they've got a uh, uh, a new website, well, actually a new and improved website, website which is L.A. Pet Crematory, C-R-E-M-A-T-O-R-Y.com, L.A. Pet Crematory. Dot com. They've got all those new selections on there. If you have uh, recently lost uh, a loved one, pet, uh, 
they've got a great selection there for you to for you to choose from. So LAPetCrematory.com. Thank hey, you, Kristen, Kristen. Wait, and let Roy. me jump in on this real quick because every day, y'all, and you know who you are, I get requests uh, uh, about people, questions about their loved ones that died, and, and they think it's suspicious, no autopsy was done, et cetera. And this is also the only place in the state of Louisiana where you can get your own private autopsy done. Okay? Yes, you can. And that is serious business. And if you have questions and no one wants to believe their loved one died by however, hey, if the law enforcement is not going to do it, then you have that right to have your loved one have the autopsy and get the answers that you need. These are the professionals. They're caring. They're good people. And they're well-respected for a reason. That's right. Under the giant American flag and Bruce Hard. And as they say, rest easy. Rest easy, baby. That's right. So we're going to get into some crime time crime with some time. updates yes, let's do today. That. And I'm not going to spend too much time on this first one, but Lori Vallow uh, has been. Yeah. yeah she looked he, rough as shit, too. I was, I'm doing look at them. I saw it. She looked rough as shit. You see her? Yeah. Jail will do that to you, apparently. So, uh, Lori Vallow has been sentenced, and if you if you watch the judge when he sentenced her for for about ten minutes, I'm like, man, he's gonna he's gonna give her some easy time here. He was commenting how she had never been arrested, she may have had some mental issues, and uh, and you know how much respect she showed for the court, and then he dropped that sentence, and it was life. Yeah, I was trying to get to the point of, and she just buried her kids in her yard. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. When he got to that party. He yeah, realized that. so thankfully justice was served. I guess as as much justice as you can get. Of course, ultimate justice would have been for it to never happen. But Lori Vallow is sentenced to life in prison, so that's all the time I'm going to spend on that. Car- Carly Russell, we have an update for her. Of course, in our last uh, few episodes, we have mentioned you know this crazy case with this 25 year old nursing student that. Uh, made up an entire story of getting kidnapped after seeing a, a toddler wandering on the interstate uh, and then went missing for two days. Well, uh, as I was questioning in the last episode, she is going to look at some charges for that. Uh, Hoover Police Chief Nicholas Durzis said detectives obtained warrants for her arrest on two misdemeanor charges of false reporting to law enforcement authorities and falsely reporting to an incident. Uh, Russell reportedly surrendered and was later released on a $2,000 bond. Uh, She could spend up to one year in jail for each charge and pay a fine of up to $6,000 if convicted. Cost a lot more to uh, you know, when they thought she had been kidnapped and were looking yeah, for her, obviously. They, so. They're going to come back and hit her with some civil penalties on for, uh, for the cost of that, all that. Yeah, as they should. And Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall added to that, we don't see this as a victimless crime. There were significant hours spent, resources expended as a result of the investigation. And not only that, but the many men and women who wore those yellow vests on right. hot afternoons and right. evenings looking for someone they thought was abducted uh and also announced his plans to fully prosecute that case hey, let me say this real quick because and in, in mike i saw your face when uh jim said misdemeanor charges that's the only thing they can legally charge with y'all now 
if one of those workers had got hit by a vehicle, I mean, one of the searchers or somebody had died or something like that, she would be responsible for it. But, you know, unfortunately, you can only charge what you can charge her with uh, and what they can prosecute her with and get away with. But she, mark my words, they're going to, they are, the judge is going to get a total of what it costs and she's going to have to pay that back. What happens with the GoFundMe money? In a situation like this, uh, I have no idea. That, um, I would imagine. I would imagine. It, it, you know, it, it had somebody. I don't think anybody cashed that out. Or well, I don't know. But I, I mean, it had only been two days before she came back. Yeah, but home. I think they got a bunch yeah, of. I think they got a bunch well, of. Well, think, a national I'm story. Sure, I'm sure there's a clause in there. I don't mess with it too much because I had a, a scam thing on a GoFundMe one time from a lifer, but. The, uh, I think there's something in there if it, if it's pretty. They can claw false, it back and refund it. it. Right, right. Yeah, it must be. I mean, there's no way that that got distributed. Well, she will be facing charges. All right, y'all. The um, I was just making sure we were good to go. We're using were sign language on the show today, folks. <laughs> I was making sure you were good in the game. Listen. Came across this late, late last night, and I didn't want to make wake my brothers up um, and send it to them. But we talked about this morning, and y'all, this is going to be a case you're going to hear a lot about. I think it's probably going to be the next big national sensation. But a Kentucky mother was arrested on Sunday after her toddler died from injuries consistent with physical and sexual abuse. Mount Vernon resident Erica Lawson, 21 years of age, was arrested for second-degree manslaughter and first-degree criminal abuse against a child under 12. She was also charged with first-degree one endangerment and failure to report child neglect. Bell County Commonwealth Attorney Lisa Fugate said the child, who was 17 months old, showed signs of sexual and physical abuse when she was admitted to the hospital on July 28th. So just a couple days ago, y'all. She was placed on life support, but the child's injuries were too severe for her to recover. The child, who had reportedly been raped and beaten, was brain dead by the time she died on Sunday. The uh, Middlesbrough Police Department quickly began an investigation to determine who was responsible for the abuse, Lawson was interviewed by police and arrested on Sunday night, and she was taken to Bell County Detention Center. She's being held on a million-dollar bond. But uh, the Middlesbrough Police Department and Bell County authorities are actively investigating the incident. Well, what does that tell me? It tells me, first of all, when you go in and they can say there's there's signs of sexual and physical abuse, that could be fresh signs, y'all. But a lot of times that's that's healed fractures on the physical abuse and uh, scarring on the vagina or the anus. On uh, uh, I'm just telling you, I know it's hard to hear, but this is real life for crime. And but the deal being is. They've got a case. You have not heard the end of this. Um, whoever the significant other is, maybe this biological father, we don't know yet. It's going to come back out. It's uh, it's it's breaking news. But this people that this this just is sick. It's sick. And and I mean, the girl lying about being abducted or whatever in Alabama, it got so much national attention. What about babies like this that are being raped and abused by their own parents? 17 months. 17 months old. Do that's they have a that's they not even they have death have. penalty in Kentucky? I, oh, I don't know, but if they do, they're going to get it. The, um, 
So you haven't heard the last of it. We will keep you updated on it. These stories need to be told. Sick, sick, sick people. Um, you know, we don't necessarily uh, uh, rehearse what the story sequence is going to be and what uh, uh, I feel like I should be following up uh, from Woody with a different story than the one I've got. But this is the one I've got. So um, you guys uh, Shark Week fans? Oh, you know. Love Shark Week. Every, everybody loves it in that Step Brothers movie. You remember them? Like, it's Shark Week. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and all yeah. But, you know, I've only watched like a That's couple a episodes. And it's strange because I love diving and everything else. And uh, I just, I guess I hadn't had the time. But I know it's hugely, everybody in my family loves it. Uh, I love Shark Week. I, I, I always. T-bag the drum set. Oh, my God. You remember when when uh, he he was with the, it was like the lady's, the, his brother's wife yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and they bust through the door. Yeah. <laughs> naked. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah, good stuff. That's for some that people. Always, go watch what I'm Some days it's there. like I'm the. Kid that was well behaved in the sixth grade class, and I'm with the two idiots. <laughs> hey, that did, were constantly you, did you watch Eastbound and Down? No, I didn't. Because uh, people were constantly, somebody said, You deserve banjos for not watching Eastbound and Down. <laughs> <laughs> One of the fans said that, yeah. They're probably right. Well, uh, so Shark Week is upon us, right, and right. Uh, this year they are really breaking some new ground and exploring some of the most important questions people have about sharks. America wanted to know, and Discovery is answering these vital questions. Perhaps tops among those questions is this one. Is America's drug crisis spilling into the sea? That's right. Experts are saying that it is likely sharks are consuming illegal substances, especially cocaine. There you go. (laughs) So now I never saw cocaine bear, but that was based on at least... A true story, or it's it's loosely yeah, follows a, a true story. All right. Well, I would say somewhere in the next year, cocaine shark will yeah. be out. I don't know if it'll be the right. the same people, but um, so it, in a first of its kind experiment, a marine biologist specifically investigated what happens to sharks when they consume coke. Hmm. And uh, sounds like abuse. To <laughs> this me. marine biologist, his name is Tom the Blowfish Heard. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> he traveled to the Florida Keys for his for his research. With Hootie. Um, and he said that this is likely <laughs> the only place in the world where this happens. Apparently, you know, I guess there's there's such uh, a volume of yeah. coke being shipped there, and there's uh, a good percentage of people. Being caught in the process that right. are dumping yeah, product yeah. You see overboard. See all the videos that, that when they're on infrared and then airplanes are on them, they're throwing bales and bales of cocaine out. Right. So, uh, so he has chosen that location as sort of ground zero where there's you know the most drugs being thrown into the ocean. So, uh, and they end up there obviously when smugglers uh, uh, dump them before. Uh, uh, before getting caught. So just this week in a two-day period, U.S. Border Patrol agents sees more than 90 pounds of Coke floating uh, just off the Florida Keys. 90 pounds. 90 pounds. 90 pounds of Coke. That's uh, pure Coke. 45 kilos. Yep. Yeah. Uh, pure. Pure. 100% so pure. So once it's on cut, it, I mean. Especially it's... with fentanyl, you step on it, that's, that's probably 
300 kilos of coke. Yeah, so, I mean, millions of dollars in street value. When uh, when the coke is floating, got video in the building, when, uh, when the uh, coke is floating, sharks will swim up to it and explore it. And the only thing that a shark has to explore anything with is its mouth and its teeth. Right. So uh, – said, I'm hungry. So sharks are getting a bunch of mouth freezes courtesy of uh, of all of this dumping of cocaine that goes on. So it might sound crazy, but the probability of it occurring is, uh, is very high, according to Hurd. So to test his hypothesis, he performed a number of experiments. For the experiments, they, uh, they didn't they, – they couldn't feed real coke to the uh, sharks. I was going to say it sounded like abuse. Um, so instead they used – and this shocked me, uh, highly concentrated fish powder that delivers a similar high, um, as close to cocaine as ethically possible, according to Blowfish. So they used a highly concentrated fish powder. I think people would be buying a lot of that fish powder if they knew where to get it. But he said the, uh, the highly concentrated fish powder acted as like catnip or shark nip, and it will set, uh, it will set off the nose. You know, they have that, uh, what do they call them? The something ampullae of uh, ampullae of Laranzini. Really? How the fuck do you know that? That is the that is the unbelievable. I know they uh, got a great sense of smell. Uh, well, it's yeah. it's um, uh, it's nerve. It's uh, electrical, um, and uh, uh, the ampullae. I'm shocked. I remember that, but uh, I think that's it. Somebody will that's let me know if I Van- got that wrong. That's but, that Vanderbilt shit coming uh, out. But he explained that it will set off. Uh, uh, those chemoreceptors and everything it uses for taste and smell and fire the shark up, light it up as as uh, uh, as much as it could possibly get going. So this episode is called Cocaine Sharks. It will air on Discovery uh, this week. I have it set to record. I think it may have come on last night. But, um, uh, but Heard described uh, one of the experiments they did on a large hammerhead. She was... Uh, you know, a shark will normally swim flat. After uh, after receiving the uh, whatever we want to call it, the fish powder, uh, this shark started swimming on its side. So uh, so <laughs> it changed completely the way that it swims, and then uh, the way that the shark would approach them, uh, they were completely unaggressive. That uh, they would come up to you, but uh, this particular hammerhead come up to you, come right to you, but without any sort of aggression, sort of that how, you know, everybody becomes friends when they're on uh, something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, so it had sort of the so same impact. The shark, the just shark wanted, was hot. Yeah. Yeah, the shark wanted to talk about deep stuff, and, <laughs> and, you know, whether its parents really loved it. You wanted to go to Studio 54. So we uh, – uh, you know, it seems like the hammerhead might have found some peace and love and just wanted to explore a relationship of deeper meaning with the scientists. But we'll all learn together this week uh, when we watch Cocaine Sharks on Shark Week. Uh, uh, this story is, uh, story is so stupid that uh, that we have a treat for our listeners. For a limited time, please visit com slash RLRC20 for 20% off your oh next God. purchase of a bag of Coke. Oh, we can't guarantee yeah. Yeah. that supplies will last. So, uh, yeah, come on, come all quickly. <laughs> all right, cocaine, cocaine sharks. sharks. <laughs> <laughs>
Jim loves so my stories. Look at Jim. He's disgusted. <laughs> He's like, <"What's> like, <laughs> that should have been a WTF. It's like <laughs> Sam Kinison just handed off the, uh, yeah. the mic to Dan Rather or something. <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Go ahead, Dan. (laughs) A 65-year-old man faces a murder charge after he shot and killed his 25-year-old son during a fight over 25 cents. Love. Uh, Wisconsin police were called to a home for a weapons offense and found Zachary Chivalry deceased inside. Police arrested Zachary's father, John, and reportedly found a pistol they believe he was using in the shooting. John told officers he and his son were arguing over finances when the argument turned physical. John used Zachary's firearm and shot him in the heart and aorta. The day of the shooting, Zachary asked John for cash, though John said he didn't have any. He eventually gave Zachary $2, though the son said he needed $2.50. Zachary had some change on him, but needed $0.25 more to get to that amount. John told detectives he is behind on his mortgage and other taxes, and he didn't want to give Zachary any money. The 25-year-old asked his father often for money. During the argument, Zachary reportedly punched his father and pushed him, causing him to hit his head against the wall. John tried to walk upstairs, but Zachary pulled him back down. He then picked up a pistol, which was on the bottom steps, and he admitted to police, I can't tell you how much I regret I have for picking up the pistol, thinking that he would finally back down, which he did not do. John told officers, I pulled the trigger during an interrogation. Officers found blood on his clothing and hands and on the gun and floor. He was charged with first-degree intentional homicide and use of a dangerous weapon, and his bond was set at $300,000, all of that over a quarter. quarter. Did they say where in Wisconsin? Uh, Madison. Uh, that's that's right by where my people are at up there. Yeah. Shane and Brian, Trace and Brian, well, a whole bunch of lifers. University uh, of Wisconsin? Yeah. They, and of course, they're in Toma, which, which but I've been in Madison several times with them. That's crazy, and, and it's a business. Well, in week. in a in yeah. a good example of of you know something so ridiculous yeah, escalating yeah, to the point of murder. Yeah. I mean, over over a quarter. Well, the fact that they called that an argument over finances. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Finances. Finances. Yeah. I mean, well, you can't get anything right. You can't even make a payphone call if they. I wonder what the two fifty was for. Can you even get a? Pack of cigarettes is much more than that these days. Yeah, isn't they're it? like nine dollars a pack. No, they're not. I swear. And right now, Marlboro's running uh, on special selects. They run the if you get two packs, you get two dollars off. It's still like almost twenty bucks. 
It's nine dollars yeah, for a pack. State of Louisiana, baby, they're gonna tax the shit out of you. You still get twenty in a pack, right? Yep. And so it's not like in the, back in the day when somebody says, "Hey, can I bum a cigarette?" I was about to say and that. It's it like, nickel. "Fuck you, no." And now it's like uh, what fifty cents? Fifty a piece? cents, yeah. yeah. So you got to kill for less than that. All right, y'all know I am the official South American correspondent, and. I just learned myself last night. Here comes a story Me- from South that Texas. Me- that Mexico was actually part of North America. Uh, so I get that. But this is actually from South America. A bit disturbing, but a very interesting story. So dismembered, here we go again, people cutting people up. Dismembered body parts of a missing crypto millionaire have been found stuffed in a suitcase by a group of children playing near a stream in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Uh, Fernando Algaba a cryptocurrency influencer and entrepreneur who amassed a fortune by renting luxury vehicles and selling digital coins first went missing on July the 18th suitcase contained his remains was, and was found on Sunday while on Wednesday, his head was discovered floating downstream in a rucksack. In a what? Rucksack. Rucksack's what you use in the military. It's kind of like a backpack. Right. All right. Authorities identified Algaba, 41, by his tattoos and fingerprints. An autopsy revealed he had been shot at least three times before the dismemberment took place. If they had shot him, I can think it would have been a settling of scores. But what doesn't close me is that they cut him as they cut him, said the deceased brother. Um, Algaba, who lived in Barcelona, had rented a place in Argentina for at least a week before his body parts were found. He was supposed to give back the keys to the property on July 19th. Police are investigating his death and have taken one person into custody as a suspect. And reports surfaced about Algabo struggling with debts, debts, tax issues, and requests for money from investors in a failed cryptocurrency business that he confessed had gotten out of hand. Amid the claims of Algabo, who had over 900,000 followers on Instagram, he often posted photos of his lavish lifestyle and exotic travel. Sounds like what Ago is about to start doing. His activity was buying and selling cars, with the issue of Bitcoin, but the issue of Bitcoin did not go well, and that was canceled and stayed there. His brother explained, adding that he had not seen his brother for three months due to an argument. He also noted that years ago, my dad had left an inheritance which we all collect. My mom and I collected inheritance, and he started doing another kind of business, buying low-end cars, et cetera, and uh, whatever, whatever. So, y'all, in an eerie social media post before his death, Algaba reportedly said, it's incredible how there are such evil people in the world that while you're thinking of helping them, they're thinking of destroying you. Mm. Cryptocurrency cut up, dismembered in so it yeah, sounds like he didn't that. make money in crypto. Evidently, he had, yeah, but he lost it, right? Because it goes up and down. Committed fraud. Oh, or, or he had family yeah, money. Yeah. But it wasn't. 900,000 followers on Instagram. He was making some money off of Instagram. Let's talk about a beauty queen who everyone thought was happily married Uh-oh. until she found a Bahamian lover that swept Bahamian. her off Bahamian. her feet. Happens every time. Lindsay Shiver, 36 years old, is accused of conspiring with her Bahamian lover and hitman, to murder her husband. The wife of a former college football star has been arrested over claims she conspired with her Bahamian lover and another man to murder her husband. She's from Thomasville, Georgia. 
She's now in jail in the Bahamas after local police have accused her of orchestrating this plot to kill her estranged husband, Robert Shiver. The 36-year-old was arrested along with her lover, Terrence Bethel. He's just 28 years old. And the alleged hitman, Farron Newbold, who's just 29 years old. Police uncovered the plan to murder former Auburn University football player Robert Shiver, who was 38, on July 16th while investigating a break-in at a bar and say they found a WhatsApp, uh, they found several WhatsApp messages on that suspect's cell phone uh, outlining the conspiracy, discussing the conspiracy on that phone. So all three were flown to the Bahamas capital in Nassau after they were arrested. They appeared in court on Friday, um, but were not uh, required to enter a plea yet. The Shiver family owns a home down in the Bahamas, which is where Lindsay is accused of first beginning her affair with Bethel. Uh, Her husband found out about the relationship and filed for divorce. A court document revealed the couple were due in Thomas County Superior Court on July 20th, where they filed counterclaims against each other. So they had just filed these divorce claims. Lindsay then allegedly orchestrated a plan to murder her estranged husband with Bethel and enlisted the help of an alleged hitman named Newbold, according to Bahamian authorities. Police found out about the plan uh, following uh Uh, This burglary at this place called Grabber's Bar and Grill, and that's where they found the phone with the WhatsApp messages. Lindsay Bethel and Newbold were subsequently arrested. The trio appeared in court on Friday. They were – Lindsay and Robert met at a fitness class in Auburn in 2007. You're not allowed. That's Bahamian or Bahamas. That's not your area. Yes, it is. That's my area. No, it's not. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, you know what? We're going to put a gl- a map of the globe on the wall. I have one of them. And put yeah, like home cards. I, 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 I have that. I'm going to order you guys off color coded on, on where you are. But uh, but Robert and Lindsay first met at Auburn back in August of 2007, according to her Instagram account and. Uh, uh, that Instagram account, I mean, she her portrayal of this perfect life and how in love with her husband she was mm-hmm. and you know, three young kids and everything else. So thankful for that fitness class 13 years ago that brought us together and all the love, laughter, and life we've created ever since. I love you, babe. Cheers to many more, she wrote in a 2020 post alongside a collection of photos, including one from their wedding day. Like I said, they, mm-hmm. they have three sons together. The youngest is just four years old. Uh, Robert played at Auburn between 06 and 08 as a long snapper. Uh, he got one shot with the Atlanta Falcons as a free agent and ended up getting cut, so he never actually played in the NFL. Uh, Lindsay, a former cheerleader, was named Miss Houston County in 2005 and finished second in the National Peanut Festival pageant. Which, I, I what, you were that. a judge there, weren't was, you, one year? I was. I was a guest judge. Yeah. Um, I mean— that life they had, everything, the three beautiful young children, and uh, she runs off and uh, has the affair and then conspires to kill her freaking husband. There you have it. Bahamians. Bahamians. <laughs> it's the rum. Anywhere, I want to go officially on record except for Mays Highland, anywhere that has crystal clear water you can dive in, I want that area. Well, right. well, that'll require a bylaw change, and that'll be a topic for the next board meeting. Right. But, you know, 
You guys, you can't, you're not Putin. I mean, you can't just decide you want territory and try and take it from me. So we've, we've been well, doing it for months. <laughs> no, I've been giving you, I've been giving you territory you that given this country does not it. want. We took it. Woody. I got Would you rather, uh, when you were, uh, policing mm -hmm. and you got a call, let's say for a bar fight, mm -hmm. you go out there, would you rather break up two men or two women? Well, I'm going to tell you the first rule and that is, and I used to, uh, train the younger ones when you get a call on a bar fight and as long as it's not shots fired or, or knives in the call the first thing you do is drive as slow as you fucking can to get there <laughs> you know why because by the time you get there they're all wore out and they're easy to arrest yeah uh i would much rather break up two men than two women i knew it not even close yeah yeah, yeah. women go for the jugular women now. will fucking uh, yeah and and they got nails Oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. okay, well, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you a story about two women getting in a, a fight at a house party where it got really nasty. Uh, one has permanently lost part of her ear oh, shit, after Mike a Tyson? house party in Florida. Uh, the Is that a waffle house party or yeah, just, no, a house party? just a just a house party? That sounds more like a waffle, uh, like kid and play house party. Remember yeah, that? I remember that. The Bay County Sheriff's Office responded to an assault call during a house party thrown by unsupervised minors in an adjacent home. Shortly after midnight, several men began fighting in the yard where the party was taking place, and a woman, 23-year-old Macy Reagan, attempted to leave the home but was confronted by another woman, 18-year-old Dixie Stiles. Mm. During the confrontation, Styles accused Reagan of stealing alcohol and vape pens. Uh-oh. You don't steal vape pens, right? right? <laughs> People are serious about the vape pens. All, all of them be vaping. Uh, Reagan pulled out a gun, and Styles shoved shit. it away, and the two began to fight. During the fight, Reagan bit the top of Styles' ear off. I don't think that's unreasonable being that she pulled a pistol. I don't think so either. Deputy said her ear was unable to be reattached. Ooh. Ah, she's she's a bad a mark for life. Yeah, she bit it off because right. uh, Styles was charged with battery and Reagan was charged with felony battery causing bodily harm. I can't believe they you pull a gun on somebody. Right, you got a right, right to defend right, yourself. Right. Get a good attorney because you can get oh, out yeah, of this. Trust me. Yeah, so uh, so you know Mike Tyson style on that fight, right? right? Bit it off, Ripped bit it, it off. completely Dixie off. Dixie style sounds like she's that was a professional name of some kind, Dixie. don't you Maybe think? Stage name. Dixie that's Styles to the main stage. stage. Dixie 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 well, she oh, maybe she was a fighter. So wait, UFC so or Dixie, something. Not Dixie didn't lose her ear, right? The, Dixie uh, Dixie uh, was the one doing the. Uh, the yeah, she was the one that got bit. Yeah, because okay, she's well, the one that pulled the gun. Now it could be Dixie with one ear to the main stage. Please. <laughs> no, Dixie's gonna she's gonna be on like a Doctor Pimple Popper special where she gets a, you get a special, she gets a, a new ear. Rub my nub on the ear. Right? I shouldn't have said that, but is there uh, a picture? Do they have a picture? Of, uh, here we go. I don't have, have a picture of half an ear. I but, see that. Hey, I'm gonna tell y'all something, and people like on the. The original Real Life World Crime series I'm doing now called Death Penalty uh, in, in Phase 3 just dropped yesterday. Y'all, there's a reason. I'm telling that story the way I am. I'm reading it straight from uh, courtroom transcripts. So I'm going to put it together for you in the end and tell you what we're going to do on it. But you never know. People don't understand. You think you're true crime fans, but you don't understand the nuances and the little things that go on in court and in 
So there's a reason I'm telling the story the way that I am because it has to be presented that way. But I've seen this. I've spent so I probably spent more hours in a courtroom than any attorney that has in their entire career, right? Um, but this one, and this one, and I've seen this shit, and but more so from prosecutors and defense attorneys. But a judge in Oklahoma is under investigation after video shows her repeatedly using her cell phone to text and scroll through Facebook during a recent murder trial. The trial involves the killing of a two-year-old boy, according to the local sheriff's office. The video was published by the Oklahoman uh, last week and shows Lincoln County District Judge Tracy Soderstorm using her phone for minutes at a time during jury selection, opening statements, and crucial testimony. It is both shocking and disappointing, District Attorney Adam Panner told the newspaper. Jurors are banned from using cell phones in the courtroom during trials because we expect them to give their full time and attention to the evidence being presented. I would expect and hope the court would hold itself to the same standard required of the jurors, regardless of the type of case. Now, y'all, this is a fucking murder of a two-year-old, and the judge is scrolling, right? But anyway, Panner said he reviewed the footage, and it shows Soderstrom, 50, using her phone for hours of the trial, which concluded with a second-degree manslaughter conviction of the dude for the death of a toddler um, that he beat to death. The footage published by the Oklahoman shows the judge texting while Judith Danker, the boy's mother, is sitting on the witness stand. Messages sent from both Soderstorm and whoever she was texting can be seen on the judge's phone, including a moving GIF. Or what do they call his GIFs? Yeah, GIF. Yeah. They're, they're just That's movable like pictures. Yeah, animations. Okay. So at another moment, Soderstorm can be seen searching for a GIF while another witness is on the stand. Soderstorm was newly elected or opposed to that, but that's not going to last long. It was just sworn in on January 9th, right around the same time oh, we started this show. The uh, Oklahoma Council of Judicial Complaints is now investigating, and you know the, the, the Code of Conduct for the judges says, a judge shall act at all times in a manner that promotes public confidence, independence, integrity, and impartiality, blah, blah, blah. And the video hasn't been released to the public yet, y'all. But the 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 but the murder trial starts when the judge saw Storm's first case as judge, and she began the trial by telling the jury to turn off their phones and electronic devices so they could concentrate on evidence without interruption. I have seen this. That's Listen, the pot calling the Courtney, kettle. Courtney Coco's uh, murder trial when the the the. the the prosecution was put on the witness, LaCour, who was the defense attorney. I could see him because where I'm sitting at, he would literally, so I mean, it was all damning evidence against David Burns, right? He would literally, I could see him on fucking social media scrolling through his shit, totally ignoring what's going on. I could see that it was uh, Instagram and Facebook. I'm like, this idiot, right? And, and, and this dude's on, your client's on trial for his life, and you're sitting there scrolling through your Instagram. But what if he was looking at real life, real crime daily? So? Uh, maybe he was. Because so. <laughs> he certainly asked every one of the, uh, that's different. the jurors about real life, real crime, the podcast, mm-hmm. and, and their involvement in it. Mm-hmm. That's well, that's crazy. awful. Now, uh, elected judges in yeah. Oklahoma? Yeah, so they're pretty much uh, elected everywhere. The federal judges are appointed. So... You got to win a uh, so there's a so there's a, a governing body that could suspend yeah, like, her could just, take just it just like away a from. lawyer has the the 
Code of conduct. The bar, the doctors and nurses have the, the physician examiner's board and all that. I have for polygraphs, the polygraph examiner board. I mean, you have to abide by certain rules. You just can't be a fucking idiot. Two-year-old murder trial. And that, now this dude's going to get a whole nother trial. So somebody's got a, oh, you, oh you're going to get a mistrial over that? Oh, I, yeah. I guarantee you the defense is going to have a field day with it. Well, it's been a tough. That, and that's the biggest issue with it. You can, that's a whole new trial. Wasting everybody's time, putting the family through all this pain. Get probably was a legit conviction, but there's no way the Supreme Court doesn't overturn this trial and and say you could have missed something. Yep. Right. Because Mm. your ass was flirting with your boyfriend, your Bahamian boyfriend. It's been a rough couple of days for Oklahoma uh, authorities. There's another story out there that uh, I don't know if one of you guys is going to tell, but it's uh, not not a good reflection on the state of Oklahoma here in the last couple of days. Oh, my God, I have a cramp in my Cramp. <laughs> you had cramp in your balls? No. <laughs> it's in my hamstring. Get up, walk it out. Has anybody walk, ever probably, done a story yeah, you think while in the middle cramp? of probably a cramp? Not. <laughs> probably not. Oh God. Okay. It's starting to go away. Um You know, there this used to happen um there were a couple folks over the over the years. I can't think of the names, but these daredevils that used to uh, find a way to get to like the top Climb of a the story and building and and actually that's crimes. This is, I mean, I know you love it's a major. Crime. I love you love to tell stories that aren't true crime related. <laughs> but when people climb up the side of buildings and people stop in traffic and police have to get that's up there, that's because Jim challenged them, this in the board it's, meeting. It's, Jim, it's, Jim challenged me on whether this is a crime. It is a crime, but he lost on. We're going to allow you. We're going to allow you to go ahead and report this one, but you're you're skating on thin ice, sir. I just want you to know that. The ice is plenty thick where I'm skating. <laughs> this is, by the way, when you think about it, it's unbelievably dangerous because yeah, fuck yeah. because you're 70 stories plus up in right. the air. Right. People on the ground don't know you're there necessarily. Right. Something can happen in an instant that endangers a bunch of people down there, if you drop, let alone you, the crimes you commit to you, get there. You drop the quarter out of your pocket and fall 70 stories and hit somebody in the head, it's going so, straight through them. Okay. Well, like a bullet. This. Uh, yeah. Modern day daredevil uh, named, and he's a he's a Frenchman named Remy. Oh, that's a problem. Right there. I should say he was a Frenchman. Remy Lucidi fell seven hundred and twenty one feet to his death. There you go. From atop a sixty eight story skyscraper in Hong Kong. Now, I'm surprised this debate didn't come up in the board meeting about the location of Hong Kong and whose jurisdiction oh. it falls under. We can, we can have a separate you sidebar on that. Separate that. sidebar. It was the Frenchmen, and yeah, the, even you, though China you, you now controls Hong Kong, you, it was- You do French. It was under You're, British control for centuries. So, uh, a as Frenchman, long as there's no uh, Chinese or Hong Kong No, no, no. I won't do any, won't do any of that. I don't do that. Uh, Hong Kong fooey. So, Lucidi Lu was uh, just 30 years old. He was uh, climbing a building called the Tregunter Tower- and uh, uh, and fell 721 feet. Oh, he ways, um, he's known online as Remy Enigma, and uh, he's on the line. No, flat as a pancake. No now. shock here. He was pronounced dead at the scene. Uh, according to officials, he arrived at the building around six o'clock and told the security guard he was visiting a friend on the 40th floor. When the security guard attempted to contact that friend for clearance. To send Lucidi up, Lucidi slipped away and entered an elevator. So 
Crime right there, Woody, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, security footage later captured Lucidi arriving on the 49th floor and then again taking the stairs all the way up to the very top of the building, which is the 68th story. He must have been in shape. The door to that rooftop was locked. <laughs> He's uh, really but, in shape, man. But Lucidi forced that door open, um, and what he was trying to do was, I guess his thing was taking photos from the spire of these buildings and that's how we built this Instagram right. breaking into these uh, uh, buildings or don't, somehow getting through security, get ideas, getting right. all the way to the top of the building and then taking, <laughs> uh, taking a picture from the rooftop. So uh, many of the photos uh, posted to his Instagram, uh, Instagram, see him clinging to the spires of tall buildings. And he may have uh, been attempting to do the same thing when he fell and plunged to the ground. Security officers, officers in pursuit of Lucidi found only an open hatch leading to the roof. The guy was nowhere in sight. We've got a picture of him uh, uh, that we'll post, which uh, I guess he did uh, sort of a test run on another building right there. But uh, he was last seen alive when he tapped on the window of one of the penthouses at 7.38 p.m., which prompted a maid to call the police. Was that when he was fallen? Well, police believe he may have been trapped outside. Like he might have already taken the picture, been trapped outside, and was banging on the window uh, to get some help because he locked himself yeah. uh, onto the police uh, come onto the roof. Me. So, uh, according to the owner of the hostel where he was staying, um, you know he was a friendly and humble guy. Worked. Uh, uh, he had this guy had spoken to the city several times before they his death and him. told him the man was visiting on vacation. He told me he was going to hike a mountain. When I asked where he was going, he said he wanted to hike a lot when he was here. So his version of a hike is scaling a large building. And unfortunately for Remy Enigma or Lucidi, we know uh, Mike has, doesn't know what a hostel he is. has posted his last photo from the top of a building. And the, the fall didn't kill him. It was hitting the ground that killed him. Right. <laughs> Damn, that's cold. Uh, I mean, fucking so. Yeah. You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. That's right. Yes, it's my hey, I got high crimes for one. Throw a shout out to Tiffany. Then I got to Kelly's show the other night uh, it's, uh, at the Southeastern Center. Now, my buddy, 30 year old. Cop friend of mine, I started with from Southeastern. He's now a security there. He had opened the door, and Tiffany opened another door. And I went to my buddy, and Tiffany was mad because I didn't come to the door shaving for us. Tiffany, I apologize about that. Yeah, that's cold, Woody. Right? Dang. Walk right past right. Mile High Crime voice, uh, the voice yeah, of Mile yeah. High Crime. Jesus, we are, but she yeah. knows we love her. That's right. All right, so it is Mile High Crimes for Wednesday, and y'all, this one Here we go. blew my mind. I couldn't imagine being in this situation. So, Darissa Owens, thirty-five, is accused of being unruly on a plane and running from officers inside the Pensacola International Airport on July 26th. Owens boarded a plane at Gate 5 and asked to borrow a man's phone. Owens then took the phone and proceeded to walk to the back of the plane. (laughs) So the man, obviously, like all of us would do, would be like, hey, Hey, uh, I want to get my phone back. So he approaches her. He says, I need my phone back. And she does give it back to him. Then she starts asking other people for their phones. 
a flight attendant and the pilot finally ask Owens, you know, they could tell something was wrong with her. She's asking everybody on the plane for a phone. They said, look, you got to leave. You're causing a disturbance. Everybody's basically telling you they don't want to give you their phone. Uh, officers finally arrived because she refused to leave the plane. There you go. And they were eventually able to get her off the plane. So Owens starts talking to the officers or asking her what's going on. And she takes off running right through the airport. They're chasing her. Imagine that. A bunch of these airport police officers chasing this woman. They need a segue. Yeah. Billy Amy at the mall, Louisiana. (laughs) Yeah, Paul Blart. So she exited the airport through the emergency fire exit leading to the runway. What? She's She's adding crime on top of crime. Literally running down the runway. Yeah, Yeah, so officers were eventually able to catch up to her, and they took her into custody. And you may wonder, what, what charge would you charge one with that was doing things like this? and Resisting. And well, for entry into um, the airstrip and shit like that. Well, they had a they had an obscure one, and it was right. she was charged with violating the designated operational area of an airport. So I guess that, of that, all the that's got to be a federal yeah, good so, felony, probably. So of all the charges they could have charged yeah, her with, it was probably the most, most stringent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but oh, yeah, all over Barna. What the hell did crazy. she want with everyone's phone? She must have been high. Yeah, yeah. She never said. She just want to find. We'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know, but that is, that a, is a very definite mile high crime. Mile high. You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. <laughs> yes. It is. Kinky. Kinky no. crimes for Wednesday, y'all, and you're going to shit when you hear this one. You know, we've done some great ones that but just just listen. An Oregon creep with a strange hair fetish is back in jail. Hmm. Oregon police arrested a man with a history of fondness for women's hair after he used scissors to give a woman an unsolicited haircut while she was standing in line at the dollar store. That's crazy. On Tuesday. The 31-year-old victim said that Jared Walter was following her around several aisles and that she got really uncomfortable. When she was standing in the line to check out, she said she felt scissors in her hair. She turned around and said Walter was about a foot away from her. So I, I just immediately started screaming and, you know, yelling like, get away from me, she said. He is obviously showing that he is in no spot to be in a public and is not a safe person. The suspect fled the store, but police said they apprehended the 27-year-old near the shopping center. Authorities, and this is where it gets rich, authorities have become familiar with Walter after several arrests involving his affection for women's hair. In 2009, he became known as the Tri-Met Barber after, <laughs> wait, listen, after he was caught cutting and gluing women's hair on Portland's Tri-Met butt service, the station reported. Wait, listen. Last year, he was arrested for masturbating on a woman's hair on a bus. Oh, my God. I guess he was in the stand-up. This dude can't deal. a little hook thing, you know. You're not looking at him. Couldn't stand it. Like that dude on my high that time that had, like, what, four-hour orgasms in in, in a couple hours. Anyway, so he's 
jacking off on a woman's hair on a bus. I mean, personally, I would be offended by that. But snipping off hair and gluing it on bus buses throughout Portland. Anyway, y'all, he was he was charged with harassment and violating his parole. He's being held on jail on a seventy five thousand dollar bond. They make all types. Takes all kinds to make the world go right. Good lord, I've heard Just it all. Buy you a wig. What's a wig to make human hair? Right. Kinky crime. Hair fetish. Try met barber. What is that? Try met. That's a, I guess. The is that best. like the the try met like, like the Jack uh, the Ripper of masturbating on hair? <laughs> Jack the Ripper of masturbating. <laughs> <clears throat> Banjos. Oh, here we go. Here comes a dumb criminal. Dumb criminal. You know, I saw the other day, just as an aside, that the and I don't know his name, but that the kid who played the banjos in Deliverance retired. Yeah. So officially retired. But you from, know, it wasn't him, right? No. he. So it was him plus another set of hands. So they were to, to, to do what they did, they needed four separate oh. hands. So he did actually play. So he, he did play the banjo. But so it you was misled the, our people it, no. when you said it was other hands. Well, I... Go back and check that episode. That was, uh, <laughs> no, you will. That was, don't waste your time, Robin. Just messing with you. Yeah, you don't come in with a correction for Friday. Anyway, happy, that. happy retirement to Banjo Boy from Deliverance. That's well, good for him. Shit, he's got. Let's go to the there. great state of Ohio. What, I, what did he retire from? From entertaining. Oh, I didn't know you did with that. a banjo. Okay. The great state of Ohio, where we have found more than their fair share of dumb criminals. Uh, I have one more thing to say show. about that banjo yeah. before yeah. you go on, not mm-hmm. to interrupt, but did you know that Nick Saban lives, his house is, he has a, like a summer house or something like that that is that property that that was. Where they play the, the banjo? Mm-hmm. How about that? All, all that property is Nick Saban's. Well, then I would hope that a significant amount of development has been done in that land <laughs> since, since they made the movie. Because if I'm remembering right, his neighbors weren't the kind of people yeah. I wanted to be around. Maybe they left. Maybe they, sitting there with a da na na na. Maybe they left. Na, 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 na. Maybe they left the tree up on the property. No where barbecues. Said, We're like a big boy. <laughs> oh my God, that hurts. Right. Okay, so Sorry. Ohio, where we find some dumb criminals. According to the Huron, Ohio, Police Department, officers responded to an alarm at Vacationland Federal Credit Union at around 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm. The Huron police chief, whose name is Terry Graham, said that his officers heard noises coming from inside the roof over the bank's drive through window. So, you know, they have that separate area with right. a couple of lanes. So they, they heard uh, noise coming from uh, the, the, the roof there, and they noticed that a blue recycling bin had been placed directly beneath, uh, you know, where the, the drive-through uh, windows are. So Great police uh, work. So Huron Police Department body camera footage, and some of you may have seen this, it's, it's uh, gotten a good degree of national coverage, showed officers casually waiting. They're just sitting there by the bin, just waiting for... Something to drop. Right. Uh, and uh, uh, finally, the suspect <laughs> dropped down from the ceiling 
into the bin that he had strategically placed to break his fall and to help him get up there. The suspect, Tristan Heidel, age 27, was very cooperative once he was apprehended, according to Graham. He answered the officer's questions truthfully, and he said, look, I'm sorry, I'm broke. (laughs) (laughs) Heidel said that he had used the recycling bin to prop himself up and enter the bank through the roof access door and left it there to soften his fall while exiting. He was apparently unaware that he had tripped any alarms. He was charged with breaking and entering possession of criminal tools and safe cracking. So this guy somehow got in a safe. That's uh, love to see him uh, safe cracking. He's now out on $50,000 bond. That is our dummy criminal. Give me some banjos. Definitely a dumbass. I bet we got one more segment left. Lay it out. Uh-oh. And that is... Not what you're watching, please. No. No. W, what are you, doing? you don't like my what you're watching? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know you're that our... I don't know that our, our female-skewing audience... Uh, uh, oh, they... Is, are so, into uh, <laughs> the Aaron uh, Hernandez story. Please. Or, what was the female, one they watched last did, time? Female uh, listeners. They started blowing up. That's the last Be, one he did. There yeah, was a female I did the, there, the teacher. Yeah, Krista McAuliffe was on it, but you, would you like? No, no, you, watch that female audience. I did watch you it. just heard okay, what in. he said, right? So yeah, come, come at me, come at me. Remember on I'm Facebook, uh-huh. we can we all can women comment that like to watch all space we shuttle want crashes on Facebook. Can... Let your voice be heard. Yeah. That you love that segment. And remember what Mike, but Mike's watching. This is not that segment. Healthy dose of Bravo. <laughs> oh my god! This is this is not that segment. This is W. T-E? Oh, we like WTF. What the? <laughs> what the beep? All right, so this story is going to really make you say WTF. Yeah, y'all send us in some music for it. Yeah. yeah we'll pick it out. So authorities in Oklahoma are searching for a man and woman who are accused of killing multiple animals at a pet store. Uh-oh. On July 13th, the pair walked into the Petland store in Oklahoma City where they killed a parakeet and a bunny in their cages, the mm. parakeet's neck was broken, and the bunny had been strangled. Police said those two killings were captured on surveillance cameras. The man was also seen grabbing a hamster and a guinea pig before leaving the store with the woman. When the workers realized the guinea pig and hamster were missing from their enclosures, they searched for him in the parking lot. There, the hamster was found dead, and police believed the pair had stomped on it. Really? The guinea pig remains missing. The case is being investigated by the Oklahoma City Animal Welfare, and the suspects have been identified, but their names not yet made public. What the f- WTF? It's a big WTF. I mean, that right. of all the WTFs, right, that's right. a WTF. First of all, it's it's horrible. It's just, it's just ridiculous. I Miss Jerry. Why? I forgot to tell Miss Jerry not to listen. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm sorry. there's no dogs involved, though. Yeah, she might, well, she might like bunnies. Guinea pigs. Guinea pigs. Man, yeah. she's having, we've got these little lizards lately that have been getting in the house, and she freaks out over those little lizards. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, what, the, the, the lizards. Yeah, what, yeah. my wife gonna do to you? can't I mean, stand those yeah. either. Yeah. Uh, it's time of year that when they come in because it's hot AF. Geckos. Geckos. No, no, no. Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The white yeah, ones? Yeah. No, they're green. No, they're green. They're green. Oh, okay. Uh, the little green ones. 
usually hang out on. Well, that's your WTF. That was a big WTF. Yeah, definitely. that the speaking of what you're watching, because I mentioned on on the podcast before, and somebody sent it, and I never had messed with it, but I actually. Went down the rabbit hole and I watched the the damn "Don't f with cats." That is a dis- oh, I haven't seen that, that is a disturbing story, dude. No kidding. Yes, have to check that out. By the way, have you it watched? My have you watched segment. quarterback that you? I watched. Uh, the, I benched outside one of night. Kinky Crime. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's really good. Really, yeah. really good. Netflix, like Jim said, they stepped up and did a hell of a documentary again. Oh, I think we really, should do a "What I'm Watching" every week. That was really yeah. good. The Bear on Hulu. By the way, have you ever heard of the Bear? I watched the bear way back in like 1988, and the one part I remember is he jumped up. Different, but different listen, bear. Listen, you'll know if it was this bear because no. he jumped up uh, to, to like raw. Oh, it's a big, great big grizzly bear, and he jumped up, and all I could see is he had about a four foot pecker. <laughs> that's, that's your memory. He stood up because I saw. I was like, damn. He had an anaconda. They say hung like a bear. Now I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think they had different, they different had show. This is actually about a. Uh, a restaurant in Chicago. It's great, great. Series. There is an anaconda and two and, seasons of it. The bear. I'm sorry. There's an anaconda and anaconda. Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking Ago. It's anaconda. That's a hotel for the don't f with cats. And the don't f with cats is the anaconda in it. So you need to check. You're it out. You're kidding. All right, yeah, check that out. Uh, so that's our. It's a snake. Oh, ourrescue.com. Yes, 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 yes. Check out ourrescue.com if you want to join the fight to end human trafficking. See something, worldwide. say something, and, and we're, we're going to do more stuff in the future on that. Absolutely. We'll I saw Tim that. Tebow announced some, uh, I don't know if it's with those guys or separate, but a big thing uh, in the same area of uh, yeah. protecting um Tim Tebow, good people. Good people. Heck of a quarterback at Florida. Right. No doubt. Heck of an athlete, period. Couldn't throw. Couldn't throw. Whatever. Right. Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner. No <laughs> NFL arm. He'd jump up at the foot and then zone. Yeah. yeah. He'd do that jump he could pass. Do that. Yeah. He could Woo. do that. Yeah. All right. Until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. That was a long Woody sign off. Woody Overton. I'm Mike. Ago. Ago. For real life, real crime daily. Peace. Peace. You ain't got no name. <laughs> Cocaine shark. <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.